Yo, um, our sponsors today, they not only sell stuff, but they also uh, they are keen to recruit from ex-services, so listen in. Uh, Westway is the largest Nissan group in the UK, with 15 car dealerships across the Northwest, Midlands, London and the Southeast, including Aldershot, the home of the British Army. Westway offers service and warranty services, used cars and the full Nissan new car range, including commercial vehicles, and the awesome Nissan GTR. Oh my goodness, Nissan GTR is my dream car. I need to speak to these guys. Nissan offer a unique and very generous military discount on new cars of 16%, available through any Westway site. So just visit westwaynissan.co.uk. Westway have mobility specialists at every site, so anyone in receipt of PIP payment can be assured of a warm welcome and professional service. Westway are also keen to recruit from the ex-services network and have vacancies for vehicle technicians, sales personnel, hosts and service advisors and offer full training and support. Again, visit the website westwaynissan.co.uk. Westway is delighted to support the military community community and is a proud sponsor and official vehicle supplier to the world famous red devils parachute display team as well as supporters of military charities and charitable events the managing director has strong ties to the british military and is a trustee of the 353 trust which honors comrade lewis who was a 353rd soldier to die on duty in afghanistan in 2011 westwaynissan.co.uk Thank you for sponsoring the show today. Also sponsors today are 429 Groups, providing health and safety, security and medical services across the UK and abroad. From first aid training to security guarding to health and safety consultancy, 429 Group can supply it, provide it, and uh, all you need to do is get in touch with them at 429.group. Check them out. They are veteran-owned. I am one of the owners, funny enough. My business partner, Luke, has also served in the military, and uh, we try where we can to exclusively employ ex-military, but sometimes it's not possible most of the time it is so you get good guys on task good ladies on task and uh, you know you get the job done properly 429.group that's it for the sponsors thank you to them both um our guest today is anthony tony lewis he is the father of conrad lewis who was killed in action in afghanistan in 2011 um along with his comrade lewis hendry uh so on to the show without further ado h plus 10 tony lewis To go. Yeah. Tony Lewis. Hi, you. Thank you. Uh, nice you yeah, nice to meet you last. Very short notice. No, no problem. 6 p.m. last night. Yeah. Very short. So we normally we normally crack open a beer. Um, I did a pretty selected these beers. This is the nearest one I can find. Thing, obviously, trooper. Fantastic. Yeah, jars on jars dry. Are you driving? Detox. I'm on detox now. The World Cup's finished. Right. Promise the missus. Detox for a while. Cheers. 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 <laughs> Look after yourself. Mm. Mm. Um, we've obviously not met before. No. Uh, we've spoken previously on a couple of years back on uh, 
social media. Yeah. I can't remember, I can't remember speci- specifically was it. I think we just about RV. That's right. Mm. I was going to see Jared in Warwick. This is the year before last. Yeah, yeah. What pub were we at? You're at a pub I think you were in the Rose and Crown. And you put mm. something on Facebook that said you said pub along. Warwickshire, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you were already no. had a cup in a different pub. I, I was I was well gone at home. By <laughs> <laughs> well, then, um, uh, well, I just got strange. I, I I knew I knew Conrad. Um, Fantastic. I, well, he came on to that. He came on to that tour right at the beginning, and went went up to Quadra for a bit. Um, and you, and you, and you and both actually. You, 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 you I yeah, I didn't. I got out just before. That, I got out summer two thousand and ten, July two thousand and ten. Oh, yeah. But I knew uh, Lewis Hendry while well, we was in a company with him. Yeah, that's right. We was a company yeah, together, yeah. weren't right, yeah. we? Um, I think Conrad was a company before he went into. He was yeah. Support yeah, company wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, support name. Did you go? Did you go to support D company? Yeah. No, he went to sorry machine guns, didn't he? That's right. Yeah. yeah. He, he, mm. Then he. He got attached to a boot in Quadrat, didn't he? Mm. Um, a cheers for your for your boy. Cheers, yeah. Um, and Lewis, yeah, yeah, and Lewis. Both. Cheers, to the boys. You, you, you. I don't know if it's the same for yourself. I think it's the same for you. I think it's the same for you. As time goes on, with certain things, what I found with with the Afghan tours is that you, you. Memory erases a lot of stuff. No, it doesn't erase it. Doesn't erase it. It blocks it from popping up. Yeah, yeah. Good things and bad things. Good things yeah. and bad things. And when we, when we, when I was driving you earlier, oh, I was coming back from work earlier, on the way before you picked me up. Okay. I remember they were both like both awesome guys. But I knew Lewis Hendry more than I knew Conrad because mm. Lewis had been in the platoon with Jared and I when was the platoon sergeant with A Company before that tour. And then we went out the tour. I was I was trying to think through well, what was it about about Conrad out mm. there because I knew him for a short space of time. Mm. I when I was in a different patrol base on that um, on that tour, um, and but I was in like the HQ and I used to bat out to the, to the different checkpoints and that um, to where the guys were and where. Conrad was quadrat was tasty, should we say? Um, it was it was slightly different to the other places in the the nature of the threat and the way that they had to. It was inside and out. It, it was it was high threat and what I went to quadrat several times. It, it, one of the problems with it was to drive there was like one route there, one route back. It was it was a, a stretch of about a kilometer where. You could, none of the checkpoints could get eyes on, so it's completely open to the Taliban laying IDs. It was just a night. It was just a nightmare. It was a nightmare. So the, the mode of the preferred mode of transport, if you like, was Chunky's pony. We patrol up. And it was it was a couple of k. That was for the green zone. But when you travel, well, you get so we get you know. So when Conrad went to go into that place, it wasn't on the back, you know, his bergen on the back of a wagon. It was with his bergen and tabbing through the Ulu trying to get there. So you get in the you know you get in the contact on the ground. It's not a case you've just got your webbing on and you light scales level. You've got your bergen, you know, you throw your house off your back with all your kit in that you're gonna be living in the next six months and you get into the content and you, you you finish it up and you get back on. It was an epic to get there. And because of that isolation, I what I always think about with, with Quadrat when there was there were three or four other CPs that it wasn't just only a different beast because of the way uh, that they had to operate and, and the, the nature of the the nature of the threat there. The threat was high everywhere, but the nature of it there was slightly different. It was different to me. It sticks in my mind more because of how close knit they were in that CP. Like super, super, super close knit. 
And it was slightly more of them there than it was in other other checkpoints, mm. which you think, well, if there's more of them, mm. then they're going to be less tight. But they weren't. It was they were super tight. Um, you had Duncan Armstrong there, and yeah. Also with it, which is which goes against sort of being so tight knit, is that you had a mix of different units because we had because at that time the battle groups always had to be bolstered by um, other units, not just your organic like Parage at the time or Marines or you know Royal Langers or whatever it was. You get all sorts. So Royal Anglians would be back, Royal Anglians would be backfilled by, um, for example, the Staffords and, and different people. Like elements here and there. So you all of a sudden you haven't got people you've been training with for seven, eight, nine years. Just them. You've got newcomers in, um, and depending on how the guys get on and their abilities, depends how how close knit they become. Quadrat, like I said, they were tight. And I was trying to think back to why. Uh, what made Conrad stick in my mind? Like I said, I met a couple of times going up there, back and forth from between there and Kamar. And I remember being a cheeky, cheeky get. He was, he was a private, and I was, I was a sergeant, but I didn't make any difference to him. He didn't, you know, he'd do his job really well. Well, at the time, I didn't know that, you know, I only saw him in camp. But he, he had banter in him, he didn't care. If you gave him a bit of flack, he would give it back, you know. And uh, that's an issue that stuck in my mind. I thought, you little. Yeah, and it's probably why uh, him and Lewis got on so well because Lewis Henry was exactly the same, you remember? Mm-hmm. He was exactly the same, yeah. yeah. And um, but then we went on, and I went up there and spent a bit of time there, and I was trying to assist with um, one of the threats they had, and we had to go out. I'd forgotten this, like I said, this is one of the things when I when I thought were you coming on, I maybe. And it, yeah. As time goes on, there's certain stimuli will pop up memories that you completely forgot about in the story. You think, Jesus, I, I forgot it even happened. And uh, there was a, they had a, what they were calling it, well, it was, it was a, they had a sniper threat there. Yeah. And they were having real issues with it. They weren't having issues with it. The guys were doing everything spot on. But slightly less manpower than needed, slightly less, um, just a lot of ground to cover. And that, they couldn't pinpoint this, this, this guy. Yeah. And, um, I went up and one of the tasks I had was to try and uh, was to go and put her in an ambush uh, to get the guy. And at the time, the this is all when all the red tape hit. People, you know, they were trying to reduce the casualties and all mm-hmm. this. And the minimum you could go out on the ground with, minimum you could go out and do an operation was with twelve people, minimum twelve, which is a lot of people, right? Um, if anything go above that, we'd have to go up the, up the up the chain of command to get cleared. And I wanted to take myself and four out for five of us. Uh, because because of where I wanted to go in the village, how I wanted to get in there, um, any more than that would have been any less than that would have been lunacy, and any more than that would have been just too many. Would have been we would have we would have not got in. And so the four I was able to handpick my four, and like I said I'd, I'd forgotten about this, and I was able to handpick my four, and I'd, I spent I think about a week a quadrant at that point. I'd been out in a few patrols with them with the guys in different platoons, and there was a select few jobs I needed in in the team that was going to go out and do the ambush with me, and. Uh, I think each I needed different people for different things, but obviously I got to handpick them, and that, this is what reminded me of Conrad. Why I thought, you know, why was he a good guy? Conrad was one of the guys I picked wow. of, of all of four of all the people. You know, don't get me wrong, the commanders and the different LMG gunners, and different snipers, and that were there. They're all amazing, but for the people who were there, Conrad, Conrad was one of the guys I chose, which sticks up my mind even more when you think that Conrad had that was Conrad's first Afghan tour, was, was it? it not? Yeah. Um, so he was by no means long in a tooth, you know. But if you go up, no. off, um, not the letter of the laws, 
you know, that's the, that's the long experience. He was no, by no means long in the tooth. But for me to have selected him, I can't remember specifics, but for me to have asked his commander if I can have him to go on the ambush, to me, looking back, even though I can't remember the specifics, speaks volumes to me. And um, that operation ended up going up to get cleared by Whitehall. There's only five of us, and we ended up going out. And uh, and yeah, he was, he was one of those guys. He was, he was, he'd have loved that. He'd have loved the fact, but he was superb. He was <laughs> yeah, superb. Yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. did love it. He did, he did love it. He did. he did love it. You know, uh, they <laughs> had it. They had it hard there. And and mm. you know, guys again, there's there's people in the world. You think you, you don't realize it until retrospect. You think you're you, you are someone that everyone should have met. Mm. Everyone should experience you as a person, mm. whether you're a good person or a bad person. You should go and experience. Conrad was one of those. Lewis mm. Andrews was one of those. If yeah. if everyone experienced those people, they'd be better off in some way, shape, or form. Just because of the nature of them, the nature of them. Um, I turn this down. Monologue. <laughs> um, that's that's how I how I, how you, right. how you come, what I remember about him. You know, uh, the, you you talk about Quadrat. They um they call themselves the Lost Tribe because of that gap and that K in the middle. I did that. I didn't know. They that. were the Lost Tribe of Quadrat, and that's why <laughs> they were tight. And when they um when they were being uh, assembled, if you like, in Bastion and sent to the various checkpoints, everybody thought Quadrat would be the quietest. And it was a bit of a dad's army. They had that 40-year-old yeah. TA carpenter yeah. who was part of their crew. I think yeah. they made him... He went on the first patrol, and then after that, I think um, I think Mouthy Conrad actually just said, just make the tea, mate. <laughs> just make the brews and, and make sure we've got food and stuff. But they... Um, he was a good guy, and they all loved him to death. But they're like, he's just a liability. He's mm. not going to run hundred meters carrying, mm. you know, yeah. the jammer and all the ammo and no. Yeah. And uh, so there's some great there's some great stories. And in fact, one of the guys, Chris Burton Shaw, wrote a, a diary, kept a diary, which at the time, as you can imagine, the blokes ripped him for. Yeah. But he did it religiously. We've we published it on the web and we've printed it as well. All right. Um, I've got a couple for you guys to have a look at later. Okay. But it, it's funny because he's clearly. A, a well-educated guy, yeah, but also a private in the parachute regiment, yeah. um, and uh, it, it's brilliant. It's you know it's got um, military shit language in it, if you yeah. like, <laughs> in terms of two hundred meters down there into MIT. Mm-hmm. But then you've got the flavour of uh, of uh, you know some cultural language, shall we say? But it's a really great for us. It's a great record of what mm-hmm. they did. Now there's obviously bits mm-hmm. that aren't in there, like your your little bit the things that are are out for people's reasons but it's a great account of what they do and you people who read it actually go I get this and I'm and I'm and I'm in it that's mm. not it's not like what you two guys went through but they they, they faced a lot of stuff didn't they they, they were getting contacted most days quadra yeah yeah it was um it was a difficult one the the it had like a, a, a it almost seems like classic to me Afghan situation with a flipping problem a problem fob or a problem patrol base um, where you had a like a buffer of open ground between the compound walls and uh, and where the problems would start sort of village and when you get into the Ulu you get into the um, the dash you know the sort of desert yeah. nearby the green zone and um that buffer's brilliant because it makes it very difficult for them to get to the walls of your compound. But you try going out and getting across that open ground to go and do a patrol. Yeah. You've got a couple hundred meters to go where it's a free for all. Mm. You know, if they've got, if you haven't got air support or you know, and they've managed to get in in the village because that village was completely empty and they got in there, then it makes it very difficult to cross that open ground. And they would have to do that every day. You know, and 
they would do I mean one of the ways they do it one of the ways they would do it when they were trying to find that sniper was uh God yeah they 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 would put a vehicle with volunteers on it and they would put the vehicle in the middle of the open ground because the track the road went through the middle of the open ground and they would put the vehicle in the middle of the track right and they would put snipers as in the Brits so the guys at Quadrat they would put the snipers up in the top I can't, I can't remember who the snipers were Chris was Royal Briggs, Briggs, he was one of them Chris Briggs Royal I think as well Chris Royal, Chris yeah, Royal and someone else who should not be named who's yeah. somewhere else now yeah um, they put them in the snipe, in the sanger the tall sanger they put the vehicle in the middle of the team on it and that vehicle in the middle would be, would be the sitting duck and their job would be to get shot at by, by the Taliban sniper so that our snipers could spot them it was just madness and uh, and one of them who did that because he used to back his mouth up with his actions was Conrad that's, that's part of his that's citation right. for his mentioning dispatches is uh, they got him I that's, didn't know he got on MID yeah he got an MID they, and the first half is, is that particular incident mm. Because they'd been putting the dummies up with the rods, and, and he's gone by then, hasn't he? Yeah. So um, he went. He volunteered to do that, yeah. and he said, "Because we can spot him there." Yeah. And uh, it was just in a note to me later, because I, you know, I'm like, "What are you doing?" These <laughs> <laughs> just blew his eventually emails, and uh, he's like, "Well, we're hitting great shot. He's really good at getting away, um, <laughs> yeah. but he's not a great shot." So that's the that's yeah. the. <laughs> but um, they spotted him, and and. Uh, and killed him. And then this another bit of his MID is, is the fact that at 22, only in three years in his first tour, he was quite senior in terms of the three years in. Mm. But as I say, first tour, it was weird. So part of it was, um, you know, the, the concentration for a 22-year-old now hanging over the front of the armoured car, going slowly enough so they don't hit IEDs, but quickly enough that they're not going to get surrounded, and to then recover all the things they needed to recover. So mm. they did that, and... People read that. That's one of those things that, that gets to, isn't it? You know, it's twenty-two-year-old kids, but he was one of the older, mm. I mean, a couple of eighteen-year-old guys straight out of crazy. Well, really. it doesn't. He didn't. I think if I can strike me as twenty-two, I always thought he's older than that. But mm. uh, you know, he's ahead of his years. But that's you know, that's down to his capability and his and his um, his personality. You know, apart from when he was being a cheeky gobshite. Yeah, <laughs> Which he, he's done that. He's done that, by the way, since he was a baby. So. He, <laughs> Um, Who did he get that from? Yeah, yeah, prob- probably. I, I blame his mother. <laughs> but uh, yeah, authority was there to be uh, to be to be challenged. Yeah. Never. Yeah. We we went back to his his school, which is a Quaker school. We're not Quakers, but he went to a Quaker yeah. school, and they, they obviously they struggle with war Quakers. So they built a peace garden for him, and we went back to his school to talk to the kids just before they went and did a battlefield tour, which again is. is it's crazy, isn't it? It's Quakers and they're going on a battlefield tour. I don't know what Quakers are. Why, why would Quakers struggle with... They they, they don't believe in war. They're, they're a very peaceful organisation. So Christian? A, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, a, but a, a great example was in World War One and Two. They, they they had peace ambulances. So they wanted to serve, but they didn't want to bear arms. Right. So they went and rode around in the equipment of Red Cross ambulances. But two famous Quakers were the Cadbury brothers. Because yeah. all oh. that area is Quakers, isn't it? There's yeah. no alcohol and stuff around there. But one of them served he volunteered to fight and the other one volunteered for the ambulance service and then afterwards always regretted not being so and i found this out last week but we're talking to the kids about that and there's this peace garden and his teachers are saying exactly what you did they said he just used to go to the line <laughs> i said well, you crossed it many times with me but the, uh, what was the aim of what was the aim of going to the school just talking about yeah we were asked to go back they they renovate the peace garden oh sorry it's his school yeah. isn't it? I do yeah it is I yeah but they, they it's nice that they do because they they then would said do you, do you mind coming and talking to the kids tell us about him tell them what, what he did 
Now again, these are thirteen and fourteen year old kids, so that is interesting when you say they're they're against. And they're like, eventually, you know, you, you I, I I give it to them straight because there's no point in not doing. Mm-hmm. It's quite interesting what questions they ask, but um, so that was good. But it, it was the same authority thing. But that was a great school for him because they always said and it's worth it with I guess guys who joined the Patriot Regiment. They channeled him as opposed to blocking him. So they didn't go stop that, stop that. And they went, you ought to use that doing that. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you play rugby? <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he played rugby. I didn't know. Yeah, he, he did. Did he play for Claverdon down the road? No, he um, his rugby was was mainly at school right. and a little bit the army's uh, football was his was his game. He, right. he was a semi professional at Racing Club Warwick before oh, he before he left. So yeah. played for all the teams in in Warwick Ajax Central yeah. Ajax was from yeah. six to eighteen. And then during 17 and 18, he was semi-pro at uh, Racing Club Warwick. My nephews play for Ajax. Well, he used to play for Ajax. Who did? My nephews. In oh, fact, really? I even went to Ajax trials when I was a kid and got in. Mm-hmm. But then I ended up not going. It's another, failed. It's another story. No, I got in, but I went on holiday. <laughs> I never bothered following up when I got back. <laughs> oh, well, that's something anyway. that talked to you about the rugby, actually. Because yeah. Yeah, you got rugby for, rugby for heroes local, yes. haven't you? That's yeah. sort of a yeah. message you to get in touch with there when you said, oh, yeah. Well, what a great thing there. That's a um, so old Lemingtonians rugby club. You involved loads of stuff. Yeah, well, I, I don't. These are, these are neighbours from when Conrad was a kid. So right. our first house really round here, which is the estate opposite Ajax. And yeah. um, Mike Balance, who's the great guy who sort of runs all that, he'd already started doing rugby stuff, mm-hmm. and he did that for Joe Whitaker, who was the parachute regiment uh, soldier, who was a mate of Conrad's and at college with him, and he died on the 08 tour. Yeah. Conrad went to his funeral and signed up the month later. Was he too right. para? Yeah. Yeah. And he was he was going to go to Sandhurst and he was doing a tour before he did that. But we're friends with Joe's mum and family now. Kate, his sister, is in the para band. Ah. Um, Kate Bent now. Is she... The, there's, there's only one female, isn't there? Or is there a couple of females in the para regiment? She's probably one of one of few. Yeah, OK. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so uh, Mike knew... Uh, Joe's mum as well so started yeah. raising money for that and then of course Conrad who we'd known since they were six growing up with his kids mm. um, and we did a couple of charity things while they were out there which mm-hmm. was a bit that was more difficult than afterwards actually but um, Mike's at Old Lemingtonian so they do this Rugby for Heroes festival mm-hmm. which has helped benefit our charity for the last well they've done it for ten years now mm-hmm. and it's benefited our charity for the last seven but they don't just do the rugby festival, which is a weekend uh, as well. They they do a, a golf event in conjunction with us. Um, they've done balls. Mm-hmm. They, they've done all sorts and uh, raised raised a lot of money for us. And ra- they've ra- they've raised about a hundred grand for all the charities so far. When, when you say as you talk about three five three, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know much about it apart from it's Conrad orientated. So forgive well, me for that. I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's I think it's 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 nice. So um, they're all numbers if you remember at the time. Yeah, I, and it, as a you know, I'm I'm ex soldier myself, so the hundredth, the two hundredth, you know, like, and then uh, he was the three hundred and fifty third person to be killed in Afghanistan. Yeah. And there was a debate. This this sounds terrible because uh, he and Lewis were shot together, one bullet. Yeah. Um. So it was Lewis was the three hundred fifty third to no, he wasn't. So Conrad died before Lewis. So Conrad was the three hundred fifty third. Lewis was the three hundred. A 54th, and there was a, a little debate about this amongst people. Oh, this is madness. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that number just got to us, so actually, you'll see it's not a number, yeah. and that's what we said 353 is not a number, neither is anybody else. 
So that's turned around to reflect that. And then these dots here are for everybody before him and everybody after. And as so, we, sorry, for, for, people, for yeah. people listening or watching, the, 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 the logo of 353 is a 3 and a 5, and then the, the, the third, the, the 3, the last 3 is backwards. So it faces. Turned around, yeah. looks a bit like 3, 5, E, like, but it's, yeah, a, three, it's five, a 3 turned the other way, off. and that's because they're not numbers. So we had two phrases, which is 353 is not a number, neither is anybody else. I say these little three dots underneath the logo represent everybody else. But as we withdrew, I say this number's a bit scary, but as we withdrew, we were at 453. Yeah. It's about 456, 457 now because people have died of their injuries since. Mm. But by the time we left Bastion, it was, uh, yeah, 453. Yeah. And so, um, you know, when when somebody like that, that dies, he, you know, he was a big character. Uh, and not only our son, but he left a massive hole for everybody. And you think, well, we need to do something. And loads of families jump in and do the charity thing. We didn't want to do that originally. So we did uh, a not-for-profit organisation. And we were raising money that we could then hand to people. Yeah. But it became so successful that you were like, oh, I want to be audited and controlled and I want to do it mm -hmm. properly. So yeah. we set up the trust. And the trust was um, designed to actually uh, help the smaller charities and those who absolutely unconditionally helped us. And we, we didn't know at the time because you're going through the grief process. We were trying as hard as we could to keep it all together. But things happened. And eventually you went, well, who did that? Because I switched on to, that isn't the MOD, is it? You know, yeah. which you woke up. Yeah, they don't do that anymore, do they? They haven't got cars. They haven't got Ford Galaxies. Who paid for that? Why did we get shipped to the coroner's thing mm -hmm. by that? Who whisked us off with a four-para driver? Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. that was the Afghanistan Trust at the time, Stuart Tootle's Trust. So, so, so you're talking about after you got told? Yeah, yeah. So w lots of people, lots of things happened in, in terms of supporting you. Um, and it was just a range of little charities that, you know, weren't the headline charities. Um, and you thought, well, they just unconditionally provided you with support. And I know, I know they don't; they haven't got pots of money, mm -hmm. and the money they've got, they're spending. So we wanted to raise money for them, um, and which we've done. We've raised six hundred and twenty odd grand now. Us and our friends and our colleagues again. It's a network that you just open up. Um, you know, my brother's piled in with a big contribution of that because he's in the construction industry, and they they're all incredibly supportive. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, now that money's gone to the Afghanistan Trust or support our paras now, mm -hmm. um, to uh, True Paid at uh, the QE, because again, I didn't realise that the blokes came back and they didn't have anything, so they just give them a bag you know, with the essentials in, because your kit's either in Afghan or in a box, mm -hmm. so we support them. Um, Force of Support, who looked after bereaved families, okay. and especially wives. Mm -hmm. So this was, it sounds silly, but they, they go and do the garden. Mm -hmm. Or they'd go and do up a room for the kids. And that's because Dad's not there, right? So nobody's looking after the garden. It's yeah. simple, practical stuff. Mm -hmm. So we bought them a van and cement mixers and cutters and all that. They did a great job. And then we um, we supported Now's Ad Dogs, the ones who bring all the dogs. Oh, I've there. seen that. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. need to get onto this, uh, the dog. Yeah. Come to it. But, um, <laughs> but the great thing about that is that we call that our lasting legacy project. Um, well, Now's Ad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the clinic out there, the vet clinic is called yeah. Conrad's Clinic. Oh, okay, it's the most equipped clinic in Kabul. The kids from the university go and train there. But um, the beauty of it is there are um, three female Afghan vets, vet, 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 veterinarians as opposed to vets. Um, and if you think in two thousand and one, girls weren't allowed on the street; they weren't mm -hmm. allowed to be educated. You mm -hmm. couldn't have pets, so, so they didn't have vets. 
So now we've um, we've got these three female vets in that clinic, looking after soldiers' dogs or are now compound dogs that come back that then go to mm. soldiers all around the world. Mm. And uh, it's probably the biggest middle finger you can give the Taliban, I decided. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All that work you did, we've now got ladies looking after yeah. soldiers' dogs and giving pets to Afghanis. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so we, we do like it. And that's run by an ex-Royal Marine called Pen Farthing. And he still goes out every month with his, with his oh, girlfriend. Oh, yeah, for some reason I assumed it was run by a two-car guy. I don't know why. Yeah, but it's, um, it's fabulous. And then they, they do all sorts of other great work. So that's our... That's our Thank you very much. On behalf of four hundred and now fifty six, fifty seven people, uh, there is there is a bit of change there. Where did the name come from? Now, Nozad. He Nozad was based. He was based in the um, in Nozad. In Nozad. I assumed the clinic was in Nozad. Still, I was thinking flipping act. That's brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so Pen was out there as a as a sergeant in the Royal Marines, and um, he broke up a he broke up a dogfight, which the you know Afghan National Army and the police had set up. Mm. That and that got to um, you know yeah. I am breaking up the dog fight. They were pointing at each other, and the dog in the middle of that was this fighting dog. He then found in the compound. You can imagine nasty old thing with his ears cut and his tail cut and all that. Mm-hmm. But they just sort of found each other, and he mm-hmm. he brought him home and he called that dog Nowzad. Mm-hmm. So Penn ended up with a and he he'd seen some fights this boy, but Penn ended up with Nowzad in you know Devon <laughs> <laughs> together with lots of other dogs. But uh, he then set up the charity. And he brought back, I mean, all the pets on that tour um, came back. So Sticky the Cat and another Pegasus dog and, uh, yeah. and Conrad's dog. That's right. Which was Pegasus, was it not? Yeah. That wasn't, that, that wasn't her Quadrat name. But she was the little brown dog in Quadrat. Quadrat name was, um, go on. Um, it, oh, she's been a PR delight for years. What was it? Shitbag. It, shitbag. <laughs> <laughs> She, I can't remember. She was named. Yeah, people ask me, and we go, "Yeah, no, she got a PR name, mate. She's called Peg." Shitbag. <laughs> yeah. Used to go out on all the patrols. Didn't she you? did, yeah. yeah. yeah well, that's one of the things you know. You hear the stories about her, and I'm um, oh, sorry if I'm going on, but you, you hear these stories about her, and you feel like well, that. And Conrad said, "Look, because uh, he was lead scout. Yeah, he'd done the ground sign course, and you know, he would, wouldn't he? You, mm-hmm. you should be machine guns, mate. No, no, I'll be the lead scout if you don't mind." And that way he's in charge of something. But he, um, um, Peg, <laughs> would yeah. uh, would go out with them. And uh, as he said, she spotted stuff as well. And she does it now. And I tell people, and they think you're making it up, but she'll walk up the lane and she'll go, wasn't there, mate? Was it yesterday? That wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. And um, luckily she's done it on, on, on cue, on TV once. And um, I go, that's what she does. And he said she would. She'd go, Ooh. He go. Luckily, I found I spotted the pile of stones, but she didn't like the pile of stones. On TV, yeah. what was that for? Uh, she was on. Oh, she's been on all sorts. People want to tell the story of the soldiers through the dog. Yeah. So she's yeah. been on Dog Rescuers, uh, Songs of Praise. Yeah. BBC, songs, of praise. songs of Praise. She was on um, <laughs> the uh, People Remember, the program that went out goes out before Remembrance Day every day, and um, we were actually on on Remembrance Day with her, which was just crazy, but but brilliant. But because of the dog, people do want to go, well, it's a great story, how mm. she got back. But all briefly, if you don't mind, tell her how he got back, because we heard the story about how she got back. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's in Quadrat. Mm-hmm. How are you going to get her back to yeah. mm. Warwick? Um, so Penn got hold of the reg. They secured her. So Major Todd had her at uh, Kamar, I guess. No, Fol- 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 Kamar. Fol- Kamar. Kamar. Um, and then she gets on a Chinook. Mm-hmm. Goes into Bastion. She goes into Bastion once, and they all go, "What? What's the brown dog? You know, you, we'll have to shoot her or throw her away." 
Luckily, Colonel Coates is at the other end of the radio. No, no, bring her back. So she got, went back. Right, we need a plan for this. She goes back on the Chinook. Colonel Coates. Colonel yeah, Coates. he was the CO3. Oh, power. yes. Yeah. Sorry, yes. Sorry, Ex, sorry. Uh, Goodness me, Coates. Yeah. yeah. Ex-Hereford, all that. Yeah. Pro- really great bloke. Fa- mm. Fabulous bloke. Mm. Really great to us. Yeah. But to, no, 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 no. Bring the dog back. This is how I understood it. Um, she goes back on the Chinook. They'd already set it up, you know. She put a military muzzle on her, walked her off. And they paid the ANA to take her to Kabul in a Hummer. So she she got this lift, and, uh, <laughs> and then ends up ends up at the shelter. And I get a picture from Penn saying, "Is this her? And do you want her? Yeah. Do you still want her?" So we did. You tell people this story, and you go, "No." Until I've gone and done the Paris Ten, yeah. and I've regularly then met people who went, "Oh no, no, I, I took her on the Chinook, mate." <laughs> There was an officer who was in charge of the Red Devils previously, and uh, he went, I've got pictures. And we've now got pictures of it in a Chinook with a yeah. nose sticking out of his smock. <laughs> it's oh, just crazy, man. her getting on the Chinook, her in the Chinook. Her with the, I didn't realise that. The, so they pulled out all the stops, because it, you know, it, and that's the point about the dogs thing, it means a lot. You know, <coughs> yeah. no, nobody left behind, as they say, and uh, mm. fab. So what, they flew her out from Afghan, back to... Yeah, so then she went through all the tests, so she had the DEFRA tests, and PARVO, and rabies and all the other stuff yeah come up clean yeah I mean she'd just been eating tin chicken curry I guess most of the time <laughs> um, and she landed back in the June after they all withdrew in the March April was the last Bryce Norton uh, no she went she went she went Abid- she went Dubai Heathrow Penn picked her up took her to the quarantine kennels it was the last time you had to do quarantine so she was yeah. in there for six months yeah but she was visited by us our in-laws, and reg blokes. What do you mean, yeah. what do you mean the last time you have to do quarantine? You, used to, you have to do quarantine for six months normally in Britain, but it ended the animals, yeah. in December 2011. Mm-hmm. You now only have to, you've got to have had all the certificates, and if there's a doubt, they'll probably be in there for one or two months. Uh, oh. But she did a full six-month jail term. She did, yeah, she did but, some time. Yeah, bloke, the blokes are stopping off to see her. <laughs> yeah. Codrat blokes. Where's this kennels, mate? <laughs> what are you going to go and see shit back? Now, now she lives with you full time in the, in oh, the yeah, house. She, oh, absolutely. She lives oh, with you. Did she wreck that? Did she wreck the house when you? No. Or no. you know, was she quite well easy to house training that? Unbelievably. No. Way. And then one of the blokes actually said to me, he said she used to want to leave the compound to go out to the toilet. So we said we'd, we'd open the gate. It's a bit mad. We <laughs> open the gate for the dog, and she come back in. She she was not an issue house training at all. The only thing she was, we had a big bulldog. British Bulldog, Fergie, which was, again, Conrad's dog. And uh, when she saw him, she freaked. <laughs> she? But he, he didn't know he was a dog, so he just ignored her. And they, she, had, they had a sniff. She's small. She's quite small, yeah. For an Afghan dog, she is. Yeah, she's, she's about that high. Um, she looks like a dachshund with chicken's legs. But, <laughs> um, so, yeah, she was the compound dog, and she lives with us. And then I went out in 2014 with the BBC. Uh, 20, yeah, 2014. I thought of this. Yeah, go on. For the withdrawal... Mm-hmm. And again, we wanted to make a program with Nowzad in it as well, and I brought another one back. So we just got no, two right. Afghans. Did you, where did you go to Kabul? Yeah, they wouldn't let me go to Helmand. One, there was a BBC journalist there who said, "Oh, I know the, I know the local, you know, warlord. We can go out there if you want." I was up for it, and they said, "No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not doing that," yeah. which was sensible. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Bastion was, was still Operation. Then we're well, still Operation now, is it yeah. not, Bastion? Must be. Let me shut it down. Am I wrong? What was it like? What was happening in twenty four? It was still. It was still there. I went in the October November. Can't remember. And then they all withdrew by Christmas, didn't they? But uh, the reason for the program was uh, was it worth it? 
And uh, it's always a difficult question, isn't it? Mm. And you, you guys know this more than anybody. Um, and I go, well, pers personally, no. You know, we lost our son, so it wasn't worth it. But I'll think of the greater good and let's see what happened. And I think a really good thing for the BBC, because you could not trust them at times, I guess. They actually wanted to do it from the point of it was. We've seen a massive change. Mm -hmm. And the editor of News at 10, I think, had been out there in 2001 and said it was like the med a medieval village, bombed back to, you know, Shakespearean times, so... It... Oh God, it's, it's an interesting point, uh, mm. an interesting question. I did a, did a... Was it BBC? I think it was a BBC documentary. It was called... You've probably seen it. The Lion's Last Roar. So it was a two-parter. It was called... It was called Afghanistan, the, Li the Lion's Last Roar, question mark. I have it recorded. Yeah, I did that. I was on the second, I was on the second one. Mm. And um, he was interviewing a bunch of uh, people, you know, from offices down to people like myself. Um, I can't remember the line of questioning when we were there. I just remember it being difficult, what they were talking about. You, yeah. you get It was the first kind of thing I'd done like that. And you, you again, treasures up the old memories and with certain yeah. things you're talking about, it's difficult to talk about. Um, and the la but I do remember the last question they asked me, and they said, well, "Was it worth it?" It was the last thing. Um, and and I've been asked that since, you know, and and it, to me, it's from what perspective? Who are you asking? Was it mm. worth it? From whose perspective? That's what are we talking about? Um, did we? Have we? Did we save? In going out and doing what we did, did we improve people's lives? Disregard for the short term, for the long term. Did we, if we went into a village and we, and we were there for a couple of weeks and the Taliban pissed off for a couple of weeks or they just give in less and they, they weren't able to go and enact their, their barbarism on the local villagers for a couple of weeks. But after that, they came back in when we left. But for that couple of weeks, life was a bit better for those people. Well, then for that village for that two weeks, yeah, it was fucking worth it. Um... When you look at it from a strategic point of view, the the question for me is, what was the mission? Not what was the spoken mission, go in and make life better, and what was the real mission? Because if the if the real mission was to go and um, if the real mission was as is they say it was, and that is to go and. Um, provide security well let's take Hellman you know provide I can't remember the exact words but provide security for that area so we can go and get provincial, recon provincial reconstruction teams in rebuild the schools make life better get more women in, you know better rights for women you know get children back in education get, get them power 24 hours a day get them electricity get them a decent uh, government system get less corrupt all the rest of it and, and that and that's what we're going to do and that's it but no it wasn't worth it you can't to, to to achieve that. You need decades and decades and decades and decades and decades, mm. if not a hundred years minimum, to achieve that. To make a stick, you're changing the culture. You change, and this is whether it's Afghan or Iraq or mm. Libya or flipping UK. You imagine a, a force coming into the UK and saying uh, and trying to change us to. Let's imagine China. A co China's communist, right? Is it communist? It is mm, communist. Yeah, it? Coming into yeah. the UK, right? They're taking over and they're trying to change the UK into becoming a communist nation. That ain't happening in 10 years. It's not happening in 10 years. You can imagine the resistance. Yeah. That's not happening for a long time. It'll happen, 
but not for a long, long, long time. Massive commitment of troops, massive commitment of non, uh, so, uh, non-military, so civilians as well. Yeah. Ma- huge. Not in 10 years, right? Yeah. And, and just because Afghanistan is any less... Um, I'm going to say evolved then. Any less yeah, evolved mm-hmm. as a nation than anywhere else in the world. And yes, it's a third world country. But it doesn't mean you get any less resistance. In fact, it makes it even harder. Because this, as a society, as a people, across a nation, they're so disjointed. They haven't got the communication with each other. So you can change one village. You go over the mountain to the next village. They have a completely different attitude. There's more of them. They, they're going to be hard to change. It might take another 10 years for them. So was it worth it from that perspective? No. If you look at the what some people, including myself, are inclined to believe was the real intention or one of the real intentions, um, was from a, a military and a political perspective, in, and it goes back to when, which harks back to the reason that the Russians and went in in 79 to 88. The same thing was happening then, is Afghanistan, this geographical position, is it is key a key a, a, a vital what's the word a key a key a vital ground vital vital ground yeah if you want to have influence on certain areas certain countries near it uh, let's say Iran yeah let's say China yeah let's say certain Russian oriented yeah. nations if you hold Afghanistan right as well as some other places you've got a massive massive influence in the outcome of a battle strategic or political and that's why you know, one of the yeah, I think yeah. that's that's what it was Afghan you know and um, that's one of the main reasons you know the, 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 the bluff the bluff being we're going to try and change the place no we're not because if we were we would pull out in 10 years yeah, wouldn't have happened wouldn't have happened we're trying to hold it short term is worth it uh, I feel like I'm a better person for it you know uh, worth it Conrad Lewis all the other mates that we lost yeah and sons and daughters you know, um, brothers, sisters, husbands. You know, it's no, it wasn't worth it. No, it wasn't worth it. You can't, you can't. Too short. It's too short, and it frustrates me because they know this. They know this. They t- they they just bluff it with with um, like when, when we when we were pulling out. They try. You look at the news. It's all depending on the news outlet. Yeah. It's good news stories, and we've done this, and we've done that, and we've done and you're thinking, oh, yeah. But the people who are there, and they know how it works. And they go, well, all right. So we went in, and we took that town, we changed it, we changed it now. In Twenty four, two years before, we got in and took that town, and we've changed it. It's a better place. We pulled out in twenty fourteen. Guess what's happening? Yeah. You haven't been there two years. You haven't changed a thing. Yeah. Two years later, the Taliban going straight back in. Still. Yeah. Another, another issue with it is, is that um, goodness me, another flipping monologue. Is that. <laughs> Especially with Helmand, because of the the kind of culture it is inside, it's largely farming and agriculture, mm. right? Kabul doesn't really impact them. Politics doesn't really impact them. Taxes don't really impact them. The fucking poppies, the drug culture, mm. heroin it doesn't really impact them. They produce the same stuff. Like they their their money coming in, their daily life is still exactly the same, whether the Brits or the Americans or the Russians or the Taliban or whoever. Are in there controlling, controlling it. It's just a just a question of the change the rules slightly a little bit, you know, yeah, yeah. and pay this person money instead of paying that person money. And they, you know, yeah. not that they paid us, but it's just you know, it's, um, it, they, they're not asked because <laughs> it doesn't impact them enough to want to change to yeah. a, a west western a western way of life. Again, there you go. You're changing to a western way of life. Good luck with that.
Afghan. It's like trying to change flipping Libya. It's like trying to change uh, Sierra Leone. It's not. It's not going to happen. Completely different people. I'm going to start talking. Now. I'm. Uh, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but I was glad that Afghan happened because as a soldier, like it's what you train for, isn't it? I'm sure, comrade. I bet he enjoyed being out there, and I bet if he's still here, he'd, he would want to go back. You know, because I definitely would. Well, I did. But um, you know, it's great. And people comes across. It must sound a bit funny when you say to people. That was, you know, you enjoyed being out there at war. But that's what you trained for. And looking back at the time in the uh, the Paris, they were the best times. Being in operations were the best times. I'd love to go back in the army, but skip the, all the bits when you're back in the UK and all the, the crap that goes along with it and just be on operations solidly. Even though it's really dangerous, you could lose your life or whatever, they're, it's the best time. He, ab he absolutely yeah. loved it. And I think every, every soldier must, is pretty much like that. Yeah. Especially Paris, I'd say, anyway. And he did, he'd already volunteered to go back. Yeah. There was some crackle over the radio about going back in November with one power who needed, as you say, they didn't need I think Waldo went, Waldo went back, didn't he? I think so, oh, yeah. Oh, no. But, oh, maybe, I might be wrong there. I forgot to say But both, um, yeah, both Cronad and, and Luke uh, Flanagan, his, his, his bestie and the other gunner, they uh, they were like, yeah, yeah, no, we'll come back. Yeah. And he said, I said, uh, he said it's simple. He yeah. said it's really simple. Exactly. He said it's three bags, you know, one you eat, have one you sleep in, one you shit in. And you kill the Taliban. That's it. Nobody's trying to rip you off with a mobile phone contract. Nobody's trying to sell you a bloody loan. Nobody's trying. That's to what Comrade that. said. Yeah. That's exactly what I've described in the past. It's like yeah. um, it's uh, that's exactly what it is. It's simple. Yeah. It's black and white. Um, don't get me wrong. It's flipping horrendous in the worst of times. In the worst yeah. of times, and, mm. and you, you know you, mm. you experience that in an indirect way, but. Uh, you can come back in off one of the you know the worst contacts you've been in. You, can, you know you can. It could just be one of the toughest times of your life in, in a million different ways, and you don't no. scream and shout to get out. You, you can have you on. can have two hours off and be ready to go out again straight yeah. away, can't you? you? Don't Even though you've just come in from nearly getting I, I, in I, the shit. I always remember. Um, I, st I, st I won't go on too long. But one of the things they do at the rugby. Talk for, away, you talk yeah. away. One of the things they do at the rugby for heroes is we, we have a, a drumhead service, play the last post, do all the other stuff. We have the legion there. All the rugby players line up. Everybody's silent. Fly past from Spitfires and all sorts of stuff. But they read out the names of the Warwickshire boys, mm. and one of the first ones on there is, is Paul Muirhead, yeah. which has always resonated with me because I've, I've listened to him. I've mum, I've, and I've heard his name every year. Yeah. And then obviously with you two, Warwickshire was he? Yeah, Coventry, I think. I didn't realise that. If not, Solihull. I can never remember. He he's close, yeah, because I found afterwards. And he played rugby for yeah. one of the local clubs. Nearly all the kids had done something sporty, but you always remember that. And then, of course, the link with you guys. And, and I always remember watching the Here as a Helmand programme, where the last pictures of Paul Muirhead and um, the Fijian guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're Draver. both. Yeah, Draver. But they're both, both smiling. Yeah. That's the you know that, that uh, people need to recognise. I was thinking of, I was thinking yeah. of Heatherington. When you think yeah. of everything you were going through, right? Yeah. The rest of the uh, the bit that gets me is I, I just want to say, uh, yeah, but look, he's smiling. Yeah, everything you were facing yeah, every day. Again, more to, chance, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. When we were at Emma's car, there was a guy. Do you remember Max? There was another Fijian guy. He's a mate of the driver. The driver had been killed. Driver had been killed. Neck injury. Yeah, driver had been killed at this point. Right? Driver yeah. and, and Murad, God, God bless them. I'm not religious, but God bless them. Uh, they've been killed at this point. And um, um, a mortar came in. Another fucking mortar came in. And uh, 
the shrapnel went and the shrapnel cut Max's throat slip straight across and he came I, I, I wasn't there when that happened we were there he, yeah. we know I wasn't there actually when that happened yeah. but he came into us after being treated with the medics miracle absolute miracle like another yeah. millimetre in he'd be dead right yeah. he cut his neck open he came in with a, a bandage across his neck and he right yeah. across his neck and he he put, for some, why did they put him in our room they put more <laughs> in our room right? he, all about yeah. he came yeah, in our room him, and you know what he's doing smiling so he was having yeah. the whole this thing on there like Thinking, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Smiling, then the morphine kicked in, and it was even funnier. Wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was even funnier. Uh, oh man, yeah, it just again, smiling. It's a strange one, it's a strange one, very strange. It's so simple, I think may, maybe because it's so because it's such a I tell you what, when we when I'm gonna clarify when we say simple, yeah, it's simple because it's simple from the perspective that he, he, you've Everything you need to focus on is immediate and there in your face. Yeah. Nothing, you know, if it's not affecting you directly, then it's not affecting you. It, you know, it's, it's not, like you say, it's not letter, it's not bill, it's not, I have to worry, about, doing her, I have to worry about her emotions, you know, <laughs> or I have to worry about pissing mum or dad off or any of that. Mm. It's simple from, from that perspective. What you see is what you get. How you behave is how, you know, how you, um, how you interact with the world is, is if you interact positively. You're gonna be treated positively. If you interact negatively, you're gonna be treated negatively, especially when you're in a CP with a bunch of blokes for that long. Simple is not take away from how fucking complicated it is oh, when no, dealing no. with the military situation, you know, and for for any rank, for any for any unit, for, yeah, any situation out there, it's um, they're big and sort yeah, clever, yeah, but it's, it's smiling, yeah, it's smiling, yeah. That that in Quadra, the the best place, <laughs> the best place in Quadra is you coming out, and again, I was only there for a short time, you know, I was not there for the length of guys, time those guys were there, but the short time I was there, the best place in Quadra, and the best time was. He came off patrol, and they'd built this. Um, in fact, Conrad had his own little seat right next to it. There's his own little bench right next to it. They would built this um, hut, which was like the cookhouse, yeah. and they had their own like barbecue and all the rations are stored yeah. there. And they they get all the rations and they put them all in the store. And you could you share all the rations. I hadn't heard of that from other places before. And they cook all. They get some food off the of lo- not the locals off the A and the A and A and the A and P, and they cook it up. And uh, that after patrol, that was the best place to be because. The guys had not gone out of the patrol. They would all be there to shoot the shit because they were happy. The guys had come in off patrol, mm. and it's all their banter, slagging each other off. They're eating. The guys had come in. They're getting some water. It's relaxing, and yeah, it's good crap. They well, yeah. within the diary, funnily enough, we uh, we print these letters, which is a really hard thing to do. But you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, and I mm. think people need to know. And the things about the letters were stuff was going on. L- letters home. Yeah, he's blue. Is mm. yeah, and. Um, Two things for me, and this is this is why it's, it's difficult as well because there's emotion in there as well. But it's all quite quite clear what he's after. You've got an incident going on. So an engineer got shot when they were building the reinforcing the wall and doors. So in the book, it's you know man down, man down, blah 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 blah, and, or, and explains that fully. Conrad's let home the day after is, and we've got the engineers here helping us build walls. <laughs> there's no mention, of course. He's not gonna, he's not going to do that, is he? Yeah. But then over time as well the. The quality of his handwriting deteriorates. His spelling deteriorates. He starts apologising for his spelling. It's oh really? I'm running out of biros. He was tired. It's the yeah. and mm-hmm. he's swearing in them, and he's you know it, and it, you can track him. You're like oh, and that's why we sort of put them in. But in two of the letters, he talks about we made a bread oven, and we made a barbecue, <laughs> and we made, we made we <laughs> made out of ammo boxes and stuff. Yeah. He said we made another oven for the chicken, and we get the chicken. He said because one of the things they did with the locals was get a fridge for the shop. Right. Yeah. And he said he's now got chickens, so we've had a chicken. And then Bert, 
um, Chris who wrote the diary for his birthday he gives the locals like $20 of stuff go and get us mm. stuff but they had these family dinners didn't they Waldo was telling me he said we and a couple of the pictures in the book and that Conrad brought home are of those family dinners they'd invite mm. the, the Afghans to them as mm. well because mm. the best food I ever ate was that there those yeah he said they, 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 they lauded it they, the, uh, the, the bread oven did you remind me of the yeah. bread they, they get the ammo box empty ammo box and they mm. fill in with, with, with mud, wet mud so it goes yeah. in it goes like concrete and then they put them together and then use them as bricks to build you know an oven around like yeah. you would in a homemade bat and do, do with that keeps the heat right in keeps the heat right in but mad and then again you know I don't think Conrad was here for that but when they, for Christmas when somebody delivered fresh meat and a cook mm-hmm. then they, they were like man I think, oh yeah that's right yeah was that's right, because that's right. There was a chef. There was a chef that used to go around between the PBs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, between yeah. the patrol bases. Yeah, there was a chef. He would we, Kamar, I was. Luckily enough, we went all the time because the OC was there. Yeah. Major Todd, <laughs> <laughs> where HQ yeah. was, and then um, and then they had another. Yeah, the other chef that would, they would do stints of each one for a bit of morale for the blokes. Stints yeah. of each of each patrol base getting between. <laughs> I think he hated it. I'm trying to remember who the chef was, but apparently Pinchers Holly he hated it. Because to get between each one, he's got to go patrolling. I'm yeah. a chef, mate. I should be a master. <laughs> yeah. 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 Medic. Yeah. 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 But uh, there's another one. We, we One of them is a is a, a letter of requests. So the, the, this is really funny because he was like, send us food. So I go off to the local camping shop, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm getting them, you know, breakfast in a bag and all that sort of stuff. So immediately writes back and goes, mate, this this is the same stuff we've got. Don't, don't send us. He's selling boiling the bags. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I thought it was quality stuff from a camp. You know, camping out, go outdoors, whatever. Yeah. Whereas his uh, his uncle sent him a box of pasta, tomato sauce, and Doritos, oh, yeah. and he just went, just got the best box ever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so obviously they cooked that up, but then he sent a list of requirements, and it was uh, mouse traps because the place yeah. and it, every every one is and it's it's in there, but it's it's mouse traps because. It were infested with them. Peg, by the way, catch a mouse instantly, and you just see the tail disappearing. She still does it; it's really quick. So that's obviously how she she lived. But mouse traps, biro, yeah, biro, because I, I can't see this. Uh, more batteries for the torch, because the torches they give you on the lights here are dog shit, and something else was written in there. Really simple stuff. Mm. Yeah, um, and the two things the blokes had told him to get before he went, which were his rab jacket. And a really good sleeping bag, which was yeah, a rab yeah, sleeping yeah. bag. He just kept writing. By the way, these are the best two things hmm. I've ever bought in my life. <laughs> but um, funny in it again. It's that. Sim- it's not a simple. It's not a simple one you're there, but it's a simple Tell request you, list. Yeah. Receiving them parcels is such a morale boost, isn't it? It yeah. is. Apart from when you get a bag of Haribo, and when you open up, it's just one big melted sweet. <laughs> yeah. Haribo's just you know from the heat. I was but on they're that. so the mor- gives you such a morale boost, doesn't it? I, I, I mean. Parcels from back home, especially from your family. On the so first good. tour, on, really? on the first tour in, uh, I think when I was in Kijaki, before that infamous mine strike. Are you in Kijaki, were you? Yeah, on yeah. the first one. Yeah. And um, we went, we went. I, I went from. I sat in Bastion. Uh, I what was I doing? I sat in. I, no, this is. I think get mixed up with times. Yeah. Long story short, went from Bastion to Nozad. On a map, and we went to be in Nozad for eight hours. Oh, it was that class, yeah, like 16 hours or something like that. No, eight, eight hours it was, eight hour up in Smash Taliban out. So we went in, light scales, webbing, uh, bolt action, day sack. And uh, 
Yeah, I went in with that. Five days later, we're still there. <laughs> like, oh, but it was no, we had, where we were, there was no, um, we were on a hill with no buildings. This hill was about 15 metres by 15 metres. It was called A&P Mound. Yes, inside the town. There was no overhead cover, nothing. So, and flipping 40 odd yeah. degrees in that sun, right. no, sh- it was hideous, right? Five days. And um, sporadic contacts in between. And then went from there, got in the choppers to go back to Bastion. And then in the air, got rerouted. Now we're not going back to Bastion, the drama's like a jackie. So we got flown like a jack, like, fuck it. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still got nothing now, no, like, no. got nothing. And uh, get like a jackie. And. Um, Five weeks, it's like five weeks in a jackie. Oh. Yeah, it took three and a half weeks to get my Bergen. I had nothing. So three and a half weeks to get my Bergen. I ended up on the on uh, on what was a hill a hill called uh, Normandy, which is where um, Stu patrolled off and when they got blown up. Normandy, and there was an old Russian trench on top of it. Again, no cover, as in overhead cover. There's an old Russian trench on top of it, and there was a a blanket in there which God knows how old it was. Oh. I got the blanket away <laughs> and it was a, I, I didn't even have, didn't even have a spoon to eat my ration. For some reason I think it must have been left on the hill in, in flipping Nozad. No spoon. It was like a, there was an old ancient old spoon in the bottom of this trench. Got the spoon out, spoon, blanket, <laughs> sweet <laughs> all anyway, I was thinking I've still got the spoon today. Fantastic. Thinking, yeah, yeah. And I uh, got it out and you're talking about the parcels and um I mean, you know, you sent out, you sent out the boil in the bag to someone mm. who's eating boil in the bags 24-7. I'm on the hill, my burgers still not come, and uh, from back on the other hill, where HQ was, where all the guys were, we were like forward in, in an observation post, from back on the other hill, they got a mail reset, and they came on the radio, you got some mail for you. So, excellent, I'm expecting. My mother's parcels were awesome, right? Just, mm. just all sorts of random stuff in there. So the mail gets brought up, and out comes this tube, five and a half foot long tube, like you get some artwork, like architectural drawings in. And I'm on the, I'm five weeks in, no burger, I've got no nothing. I've got like one set of clothes, I'm just a stinking wreck tramp of a man, right? And I open out the parcel, is a f- fucking poster for my. Maybe he thought my dad. Maybe he thought it was in a bedroom. He was a. He was, it's a poster for. He was bedroom. there. He was. He was ahead of museum of culture in Swansea at the time. He got the marketing department in Swansea City Council and he gone uh, can you I need a poster made up for my son he's in Afghanistan this is his call sign and he had this five and a half foot wide massive thing but I'm a kajaki I didn't have a wall didn't have a wall <laughs> never mind like a bedroom a wall I wanted a burger I wanted food I wanted like yeah, yeah. more cigarettes I was smoking at the time and I get this big fucking tube like, oh my I bet you thought, I bet you thought no, goodies no, were just going to empty out of it, didn't you? Honest to God, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. A, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we got better because we, we were told. So once we'd got the, the best parcel I've ever had is from Uncle Rob, then that, was, that was fine. Ketchup. But, uh, yeah. But, of course, they, they didn't get their parcels and mail regularly either because of where they were. They'd get brought up from us. So one of the letters is, you know, some stinking hat, blah, blah, blah. Who'd not... <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah. the... Uh, and then it was only when they got back at Christmas that they got the email. Yeah. So it was blueies up until then. They didn't have the email. They didn't have it, did they? Yeah, no, that's right. They would come back if they if they've got a chance to get come back to the HQ. They, they had it with us. Mm. Four little like battle laptops there. <clears throat> I remember doing the I remember doing the Christmas run. <laughs> so and it was Christmas Eve or something like that. So Christmas Eve and all apart because I was an intelligence sergeant there. Mm. Um. And uh, when we're going out and 
It was good. I get to go out in the, 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 the uh, patrol, well, the event I got. I get, got to pick and choose what went out on. So I do the offensive actions, and I, I wouldn't do with like the just normal patrols. I go out and when we're going to go and attack them, and I, and I wouldn't do any of those. Quite. So I got the pl- got to help plan the battles, and then go out and the ones are planned. So I know which ones are going to be good ones. Yeah. yeah. And uh, on Christmas Eve, I got we need all the, all the Christmas mail came in, so we ended up putting a bergen on. Filled it full of full it full of presents, Fantastic. full of presents, and then uh, but we had to go out at night because because it, it was so it was just, so many of us get across. You go out night patrolling across at night. Fucking burger on presents. Oh, I hate it. It's like Father Christmas. It was comical. <laughs> like thirty Father Christmases all going across, and we got to uh, the first place we got there was Andy Waters. He's, he's dead now. But I think we, we went to Andy Waters. He got there. Bergen off and there's your presents, and then I just empty Bergen put it back on. Had a brew, and then we, we traced off back. And when we were coming back from that first Father Christmas run. It, we would come back in the daylight in the morning at dawn and yeah we got we got, we got a good got a, got a good contact no, I say good contact got, got a got a contact coming back which was it was amusing it was Christmas morning I think it was that was when um, one of the guys who shall not be named uh, he went out on patrol so you know Conrad knew him I can't can't name him for me, no. he, he went out patrolling his father Christmas outfit oh fantastic He's, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's good one. It's funny you mentioned um, Andy Wadders. Mm. He was back on R and R for Conrad's repatriation. Oh, was he? Waldo was back injured. Yeah. So actually, and it, it helped us a lot. Absolutely mm. helped us a lot because Waldo mm. was just so yeah. he was there for the funeral, uh, obviously as well. But um, yeah, Wadders was back, and he he did he did the repatriation. He had his two weeks leave, and mm. I said, "Well, what have you done?" Like repatriations, a funeral, and something else. He'd, he'd, that's all he'd spent his time. He, he said, mm. I went to see my mum and dad for a couple of days, but he said, I'm mm. too much for them. So, mm-hmm. but he was in, um, he was in Watton Bassett at the, you know, where they, I don't mm. think, well, don't know if you've done it, but they, uh, uh, it's really fabulous what people do there. And one of the pubs put on sandwiches, and the Paras were in one pub, and the <coughs> RCT guys were in another pub, RLC, sorry. And, um, what was in the holding court? It was utterly brilliant. But he was telling me all that. Him and Waldo told me all that. Once you once you go look, just crack on. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, been there, so I understand stuff. You know, I'm telling the stories about him and Waldo and the Afghan lottery of their wills and all the other stuff and what he got, what he got in his will for how they were going to carry him back. And he just had me. In what bits. was the Afghan lottery? Go on, of the wills. I think, I th- I'm, this I'm, must I'm, be the quadrat thing again, was it? Yeah. Well, it's, it's no, it's a Waldo and Wadders thing. All oh, right, go which on. was. Uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure Waldo will tell me if it's wrong or not. But um, they'd got insurance policies <laughs> against each other. So you know, so if one of them died, he got the money, and they called it the Afghan lottery. So when yeah. Waldo came back, this is one of the things. When Waldo came back injured, mm. he went, oh, "I'm looking good for the lottery, Waters, aren't I?" So he had, to go, <laughs> he had to go back. But all that stuff really, really helped when they're on the crack. And and again, for our extended family as well. So my brother and and my kids and the nephews listening to these goo guys crack on because they could absolutely relate Conrad to what they were talking about yeah. it sort of put you there a little bit but put you at ease in that yeah. you know he loved it he was cracking on he was doing this he was doing that yeah. he uh, but um, yeah what is always stands in my mind because you know gnarly dude what is, what is, he'd been there hadn't he what's um, I've not done Wootenbass yet I, so I've, always, I've seen it yeah. well I've seen well, televised the, the cars coming through but what how does it how does it work? Yeah, it's all completely unofficial. This is the other thing, right? So it's started with them, well, obviously with the locals doing it, as I understand it. How did it work? I should say, doesn't that? Work? Yeah, but it uh, yeah, we, we, Conrad was one of the la- it was that year was the last for that, and then it went obviously off to Bryce. But mm. um, 
We had a funny one on the day. This is typical, isn't it? We had a funny one on the day because we'd been there for hours. The planes come in. How long after was it? Uh, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two weeks, I think. Maybe a bit shorter than that. It feels like that. Maybe ten days. Um, but the rear doors on the hurt wouldn't work. So when the, they the, came in? Yeah, and they want to do it ceremonially. You know, they want yeah. to park in front of you. There's like a dais with... Um, you know, marquee that's up and chairs and you're sitting there. Yep. But they want the Herc to come in and for the for it to go down and for, you know, them to be carried off properly. And so the, the doors wouldn't open, so they had to get them out through the side door. Now, I mean, deep down in my head, my lad's, you know, pissing himself as well at this point. Yeah. He, he'd loved the fact that it was just chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they had to put them on another plane, which then just drove them to the front. But that, that was like a couple of hours delay at least. We're all going, what's going on? What's going on? Now, typically the Reg... The support we had there and everybody that was there, mm-hmm. I mean, just lots um, and really supportive. But then, like, the British Legion Riders branch managed Wooten Bassett. The motorbike riders. Yeah, yeah. So there's a massive, I can't remember his name, massive guy with a staff. And he'd, he'd organise people and he'd, he'd just shoot people and go, the families will be here because this is where the cars will stop, so get away. So once we'd um, they'd landed, we'd been into a chapel to see the guys in, in their... Coffins that they're, they're shut at the time, but you can go and say hello. There's a chapel of rest that was all nice and brilliantly done. Is that on fair. camp or off? Yeah, on camp. On camp, yeah. So just a little. So they come out. They come out of the plane, carried off, obviously with an honor guard. They go into the hearses. The hearses go around. They go out of there and into a chapel of rest, and you can just go and stand by the coffin and stuff. And then they go off to the coroner, and you go to Wooden Bassett. Um, again, this is all automatic. The two of the pubs. You know, we'll be the para pub, you'll be the RLC pub. Okay. Um, and these guys had organised everybody. But if I had a massive amount of mates. RLC pub? Um, or some RLC guys died on Camp Bastion in the same time. Ah. So Lewis and Conrad came back. Um, and then a number of other RLC guys came oh, back. Not, not right. But they sort of split the pubs yeah, for the right yeah. reasons. And. Um, yeah, the, uh, these, you, you pull up in these um, the galaxies that we were in, which I then found out were rented by Support Our Paris and or the Afghanistan Trust at the time. Um, you get out of the car and these, these guys, British Legion guys, just marshal you into space. But uh, it's crazy. I had people I'd worked with years ago, maybe met Conrad as a kid or mm. not, or knew me, and because Stratford is close enough to... Um, uh, to Wooden Bassett, we, we there were hundreds there, maybe 150, 200 people that mm. we knew, and then you're bumping into people, guys I served with, mm. who'd come up from South Wales and stuff, and going, no, no, this, this, and you just kept seeing people. But now it's dark because they're, they're late. Mm-hmm. You just bumped into people, and it was like uh, incredible, absolutely mm. incredible. But that's the first time where you actually release stuff because mm. mm. again you're surprised. You go, what are you doing here? Mm. Come see a boy type stuff. Um, mm. Reg blokes who were on leave, mm-hmm. yeah. So we had a, a, a couple of other people. So uh, Ray Mears came to see us. Oh, really? He was on leave at the time, so he'll be with us this weekend on our, our motorbike ride. And they've all kept in touch with us as well. So you know, I'm Dan's a fireman now, so we have to call him Dan now and call him Radio. And uh, he's uh, he was there. Other other people were on leave were there, and you know, Dan. yeah, Dan Mears, Ray Mears, Ray's oh. name is is is, is Daniel. Ah, but his, a, his name is protected, you say. You just ruined that, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it. Uh, 
I always, I always let it slip. It's not as if it's going out live. It's fine. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and other secrets. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I was cracking. It's a really, it's a really strange thing. But it's the mm-hmm. first one where you go, mm. blows your mind. One of one of Conrad's mates, painter and decorator, and he, he couldn't get the time off work, and he just kept texting everybody, saying, mm. "What's happening? What's happening? What's happening?" Mm-hmm. And somebody just texted him and said, oh, "I think there's a delay." Oh, good. Mm-hmm. And he was just there in his ovies. <laughs> he yeah. just jumped in his van. Shot to Wooden Bassett, got there just in time. It's stuff like that that you think, you know what? Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, an incredible experience of the people of Wooden Bassett should be incredibly proud of what they do. He drew so many people in. I remember my dad. Um, uh, he, off, he ended up going up. He, he just. He, went, he started going up there for for repatriations. And mm. He didn't know them. He didn't. The, the units had no affiliation to, you know. Our unit, and but it is. Uh, it's incredibly sad. I wouldn't wish what you guys have gone through on my worst enemy. Um, but then, like you said, we wouldn't bass it. That that played a big part in my mind. I think in the support, the the, the public opinion yeah. of the public opinion of of the people. Men and women who who, was, who had served out there, the the ability for the public opinion to get behind those, whether or not they thought Afghan was a good idea or not, you know. Yeah, regardless. You know, I, I I think it did play a massive part in that. Um, it's good. I was gutted when it changed, you know, because of, because of that reason. Um, yeah, it just didn't quite work after that. The uh, the bit where they stop and everybody's throwing flowers and stuff. That uh, and that's just. That's incredible because you know. Well, they stop on what, sir? So as they're going through Wooten Bassett, the, yeah. there's a guy walking in front of them, yeah. cane as they, they do in front of a normal funeral cortege. But as they got to sort of where the families are again, Legion had arranged it, they, they stopped. So you knew which car your lad was in, and you're throwing flowers onto it, and all that, and all their mates are. And then as, it, as they then take off again, there's people just piling flowers onto these cars. Mm. So they stop at one point because they can't see. Really? <laughs> and then, yeah, what? incredible. But all that. It, as you said before, that's like all the support of people, and you go right, okay, you're not on your own in this, are you? And uh, you know what what had been done is is respected. Mm-hmm. But funnily enough, at, at uh, Conrad got Christmas leave. I just knew with everything he was doing, and then you get Christmas leave, you go, oh, his luck's mm-hmm. running out here, mate. This is, <laughs> this is too much. And when he got back at Christmas, um, funnily enough, Kate was in Helmand going to visit Joe's because they were doing Christmas band tour. Mm-hmm. And she was going to visit Joe's um, uh, stone, where, where you know that the Reg had put it for him at the time. So all that was incredible. It was in the local paper and all that, and that affected Conrad a bit. Just looking at this and going, you know, it's mm. that it's great. She's out there doing this stuff, and that the Reg have got her there. Now he just turned to me. So oh, by the way, if anything happens, just crack on with it. Get on with it. Oh, comment. Yeah. yeah. He, he must have known that it was. You know, they'd had a few, few close shaves, and they. So. Uh, I was right, okay. And that, the getting on with it actually conflicts with this because we're not actually getting on with it, we're getting on doing something else. But again, that and combined with what was in his mention in dispatches is what's behind this because one of the citations was he, he led every patrol he could. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't take relief and that was the thing, you know, he led every patrol, he'd, he'd insist on doing that. And Now we know he's got a bit of OCD so once they've not had an incident, <coughs> if he doesn't do it again, yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. But as part of that citation, it said he'd do anything for his mates, including putting his life in the position of most danger on a daily basis. 
Um, and that's the bit. All right, do anything for his mates. All right, so he's not here. I have to get on with it. We'll get on with it doing that. So we'll carry on doing stuff for his mates. Mm -hmm. And you saw what was being provided for injured and uh, bereaved families, actually, for us as well. Luckily, we could crack on, but there was other people. Um, and you think, well, there's nothing there for them. But then also the injured blokes. And what we've actually done now is is, is with um, support our paras, we set up a welfare fund last year for pre-mental health interception, if you like. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I want to support the PTSD and without understanding the yeah, position yeah, yeah. on it. So it's like, well, can't define it that much. So it's a, so it's a well-being fund mm -hmm. where they can spot a bloke who's in trouble and, and spend money on that. So. Um, we've committed to an amount of money for three years and hopefully it'll it'll help but I know we gave the cheque on the Saturday and they were using the money on the Tuesday mm. for support of ours yeah well it, it goes back to what you said earlier and something that I didn't realise until earlier this year or late last year is that with the, with the smaller charities the smaller organisations is that um, is that I, I've spoken about it before but um, I Ended up under the wing of Help the Heroes for a little bit, and mm. uh, and and a friend of an old colleague of mine um, killed himself a few years back, and and Safa dealt with them. Uh, dealt with them. Safa repatriated him, and and well, it was their their, their stamp on it, you know, Safa. Yeah, yeah. But the majority of the money, and I don't know about from my perspective of Help the Heroes, but I'm guessing it's the same. Well, in fact, I know it's the same. Um, is that any money involved for things, for courses, for whatever it may be? You know? mm -hmm. um, with with Ronnie, um, his repatriation cost a lot of money, and uh, that money d didn't come from Safa. What well, a small proportion it may have, but I know that majority of it, if not all of it, came from smaller charities. Yeah. Um, so uh, Safa, Safa give the money to the family or Safa pay the money to the repatriating company or whatever. That money comes from the came, come from one of the places it comes from is the unit charity. So if a I don't know, pick a unit, Royal Logistics Corps person, mm. you know, got killed, touch wood, or doesn't happen, um, and they need repatriating. Because it's outside the military, for example, maybe he's on holiday or he's out or whatever. Then the family gets in touch with Safa, or someone gets in touch with Safa. Safa goes straight to the Royal Logistics Charity HQ, or yeah. or their organ, their um, association, and then they they front the money up. But then the money goes back to Safa. Safa pay the money to uh, Safa. Do an amazing job. Don't be wrong. Yeah. They are the face of it. If they didn't yeah. exist, then maybe the family would get no money. Or no, absolutely. Or no assistance. I keep saying money. It's not just money. Assistance. It's not just mm. financial. It's all sorts of different assistance, right? As you know, as you yeah. know. Um, but but. Uh, so when the when certainly in Ronnie's case, when the family think, oh my god, Safa are amazing, and they do a lot of fundraising stuff, I ended up doing fundraising stuff for Safa. After when yeah. Ronnie got repatriated, we thought, right, Safa helped them out, fellas, his closest mates, let's get together, let's do something in memory of Ronnie, and get some money back for Safa. But then I subsequently found out that the money didn't come from Safa. You know, it came from the his unit um, charity, his parish association. Yeah. So, well, they didn't get the money. The money that we raise goes to Sapper. They don't go, yeah. you go, I'll have your money back, yeah, support yeah. our powers. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those, a really interesting point you raised up um, mm. with the smaller charities. But then part of the problem with that again, not, not again, part of the problem with that is so many 
scumbags setting up yeah, yeah. smaller charities yeah. and organisations. This, there's something. Who? Where did I get this figure from? Four thousand. Where did I get this figure from? Love another show. Four thousand. Something like four thousand registered military oriented charities in the UK. Not worldwide. In the UK. Hmm. In the UK. I'm, and the majority of them have got to be not. A significant proportion of them must be people first. We, we, we had a really great yeah. supporter and, and uh, called Kelly, and she supported us. We, we, we released this song that um, had been written locally by uh, a friend of ours and then recorded it. It's, it's really cool. And, I think I heard uh, it. I think yeah, yeah. Okay. Soldier on, it's cool. We played it yeah. at our ball, and actually, it just. Mm-hmm. So Andrew James, who eventually um, you know put it to music and sings it, he's just a genius. He's local to Stratford. He's in, oh, right. he's yeah. in a lot of the you know, townhouse and places like that. Does a load of weddings. Good guy, but they, uh, um, Kelly helped us promote this. I mean, manically, she she got binned off Twitter. They thought she was spam in the end. She did so many, <laughs> just utterly, utterly brilliant. But she set up a stall on Forces Day. She she runs like an American diner, and she set one up in Leamington Spa, and uh, asked me if I could put some Conrad banners up on the posters for the charity. And then next to her was one of those mm. Scouse scumbag organisations, and she she went mad. Because there's old boys walking up and giving them 20 quid. And uh, they call it admin fee. Their admin fee was 80%. That's nice. Mentally. Yeah. And that, nice. And she, Strong. She, they, and all they said to us was, you know, it's, um, it's a bit grim you're here because you're, you're going to lower our takings. She went, oh, you haven't seen the half yet. I mean, they, they met they met their match with her. And one of the things we do as the charity is we always make sure what the admin costs are of any of the people we donate to. So yeah. we paid for a room in Fisher House. Because you know, blokes are going back there and families are going back there. Um, and I think Fisher, well, Fisher House, the QE, has got the, the largest admin percentage of anybody that we deal with. But it's something like 21% mm. for yeah. that. And yeah. actually, I'd, I'd, I expected it to be so much more given what they have to do. Yeah. And you're like, well, well, that's incredible as well. But now Zad's running costs are minimal. The support our para's running costs. And again, because you can define what it goes into, it can go into the wellbeing fund mm-hmm. or it can support a particular event. Mm-hmm. And we've. We've chosen to buy things. Mm-hmm. So again, for for the um, force of support, it was we'll, we'll buy a van for a couple mm-hmm. of years. Mm-hmm. We'll buy a cement mixer. Mm-hmm. We'll buy tools. We'll, yeah, <clears throat> it just helps because it, it drives me mad as well. Yeah, you mm-hmm. look at the and I always go and have a delve in. Yeah, look at the admin costs and I'm always really delighted to say. Well, obviously, ours is a family trust, so there's there's no cost at all. And I always quote, I said, I even buy the frigging stamps, but. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's how it should be. That's what it's yeah. for. Pe- and when people give me a pound, I want them to know that that pound yeah. is going to yeah. that person there. Yeah. And worst case, twenty p might be paying for some of the staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what was the ride you're talking about Saturday? So we uh, it's called Conrad's Ride, yeah. and it's a motorbike event. Yeah. We uh, we leave from uh, Ragley Hall. Get there about nine. Ragley Hall's in Ulster. Ulster. It's a big state. Yeah. Big state. Ulster. Yeah. Just don't give us all the structure. Do the side of Stratford. Ulster. Yeah. U-L-S-T- no, Al Alcester, if you Al-Sester. like. A L C. Yeah, no, you can Lovely imagine. Yeah. The game fair's there yeah. shortly, isn't it? At the end of the month. But uh, we assemble. We assemble there at nine thirty. Leave by about eleven. But again, this is how fabulous it is. It's a stately home with the, the weddings and the tours, and yeah. but the Marquis gives it us for nothing. He likes 250, 300 motorbikes on his lawn on a Saturday morning, right? <laughs> yeah. What a brilliant bloke. Just like, no, no, boys, it's, it's yours. Mm-hmm. We get some bacon sarnies, tea, coffee. And then we, um, at 11 o'clock, uh, we, we set off. We go through Warwickshire in convoy. We've got outriders. It's a really well-organised event. Um, 
We go through Claverdon, the village where Conrad's born. We ruined Claverdon, 250 motorbikes last year, <laughs> you can imagine. It's just down the road. We go past, we go past the church where he's buried. In fact, we just drove through Claverdon. Oh, is he buried? Yeah, he's, right. he's in Claverdon, yeah. Oh. We just drove through there on the oh, way. Oh. Yeah. At the church, by the way, of St Michael uh, and All Saints, the patron of yeah, the parish, right. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. All this bizarre stuff goes I'm on. Sure back. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he's in there with a military grave as well. But we go past that and they all rev the bikes too with the horns. It's chaos. <laughs> then we go to Warwick Castle. Um, all my kids worked at Warwick Castle, including Conrad. He was as bad in Warwick Castle as he was when you <laughs> met him. Um, but they, they let us park up on tournament fields for nothing. Yeah. They like 250 bikes there. They open it up. We have an hour around there. Then we eventually land at uh, Old Lemingtonians Rugby Club in Lemington Spa, mm-hmm. where it's um, bands and beers until the night, overnight camping. This is Saturday? Yeah. That's the uh, Kenilworth. Yeah. Is it the Kenilworth oh. Road? Yeah. It's just off. Yeah, it's just off. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in between it's the... Yeah. Good deal, the big guys there. So Ray's coming with his missus. He's camping out. We've had two years ago. Actually, the BBC filmed it two years ago, which is a, a bit crazy. BBC Wales did it, would you believe? Did they? Yeah. Why did you say? Why did you say Wales? <laughs> why did you say Good Wales? Good bloke. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's like earlier yeah, you yeah, said you yeah. said scouts and scumbags in the yeah, same yeah. sentence. I yeah, yeah. Say, uh... I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to. As a United fan. The um, so. Uh, yeah, they filmed it, but but Cheesy was there, Chris Burtonshaw was there, yeah. Luke was che- there. Cheesy, Cheesy Chris Royal. Chris Royal, yeah. You know, there's two of them, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, are there? Are you, he's the oh, younger he's... one. No. Are you, the other one's called Shit Lips. <laughs> yeah, you got Shit Lips. <laughs> you got Lips and Shit Lips Junior. Yeah. Oh, right? no. So, so Shit Lips one yeah. is Cheesy, who's. Eve, oh, we've known him for you. Mega I've known you. Mega yeah. professional okay. soldier. Fre- was in the start of the scene with us. God, a grumpy man. <laughs> yeah. He is grumpy. He lives, you know what, he lives the best life anyone ever wished for, right? I mean, this is, this is, this is, I mean, talk about, this is the kind of guy he is. And you think, why are you grumpy? He stood an ID and got, he stood an ID, right, which blew up, and he got away with a fractured heel. He stood on the ID. It no. blew him up. We go over the fractured heel, right? Honest to God. And he lives now. He's got a house up in. He's not Welsh. He's English. He's got a house up in North Wales. He's got two dogs. He works when he fancies it. He works when he fancies it. He goes out with his motorbike. You have a conversation with him. It's like, oh, yeah. I was like going, oh, you know, yeah. Just uh, he's out sailing the other way. He's Honest to God. So he's, he's short yeah. and right. grumpy. Chris is very much like him, except yeah. taller. Yeah. And less grumpy, more yeah. more likable. Ch- Shitless senior won't mind me saying that. Your yeah. brother, your younger brother is more likable, cheesy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's how they come across. And I think both mega lads. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant guys. Oh, really so, so I say the ride two years ago. They all they all came back, and uh, the only problem was the BBC guy was like wanting to film stuff and you know make like have reunions. I was like, oh god, this is embarrassing. Anyway, yeah. we had a good, we had a good, we had a great time. And there's a great band on that finish it. A young band called Erica three-piece band, mm-hmm. do all their own music, will be bloody massive, absolutely huge. They mm-hmm. should be now. They're, they're mm-hmm. from Gloucestershire and they're, they're utterly brilliant. Do it for nothing. Have done. And I've always said, because I've said, you will be massive. He went, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll still do this. We'll still <laughs> yeah. do this for nothing. Because mm-hmm. we, we get it. Mm-hmm. Right, they're 20 now. They were 22, so like mid, mid late 20s now. But uh, as the filming's going on, the guys just said to me, said, uh, you do know we'll be streaking in front of that, don't you, in a minute? Yeah, 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 obviously. And the producers go there, they won't be doing that. Yeah, yeah, kids will be off. Kids yeah, will be off. And it, <laughs> within, within minutes. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I can't believe he got out. I can't believe he got out. He should have stayed. No. He was, he's a great soldier. Yeah. Cemeteries, yeah. His yeah. dad now. Just had, yeah, 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 his dad now. Amazing, amazing. Cool. Um, we obviously, 
if I come over Saturday, when I come over Saturday, yeah. we're gonna get we're gonna get Ray on. We're gonna get Ray on this. Yeah, yeah. That's the mission. Cool. That'd be great, wouldn't it? You sound sceptical. We'll get him on. No, we'll no, I'm, on. I'm sure he'll live. Yeah, yeah, I should do as well. That'd be fabulous. Definitely, we get Ray on. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't know that. And yeah, we're this Saturday. That'd be good. So That'd it's good. Um, so you do that ride every year. Well, funnily enough, this year because it's um, it's a, a friend of ours, Nick Ward, and his family um, uh, who who run it. I, you know, we sort of just turn up. And uh, I think it was getting a bit much for, for Nick, and he, he did say, look, I, I think this is health-wise and all the other stuff, I think this is probably the last one I'll do. And I uh, I was interviewed by the by Touch FM, and we, they do a little video version of it, and I, I said it was the last one, because mm-hmm. people went nuts. So this, so it won't last be last year. Oh, this year. No, this year. So so it won't be the last one, because people have rung Nick and, gone, <clears> and, and now he's got people who volunteered to help. He took a lot on, on himself, and it's, it's really hard. And it's really weather-dependent. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, if it's sunny... 250, who Great. knows? 500, yeah. you don't know. But there'll be, I'm sure there'll be 250 there. How's the cost covered then? There aren't really any costs. Everyone Nick, Nick's utterly brilliant. Uh, yeah, Marquis gives it for free. Warwick Castle are for free. Old Lemingtonians, it's free and we just use their bar so they get takings over the bar. The, none of the bands get paid. Yeah. Nick's rabid. And that's why it's hard to organise. If somebody yeah. wants to charge something, he asks why. Yeah. Um, and then for the last few years as well, uh, Martin Dickinson, who runs the Ride to the Wall, he started the the motorbike ride to the wall, and uh, is that what's that? Um, again, this is about twenty thousand motorbikes up to the arboretum, yeah. and it raises money for the arboretum. Ah. and that's grown from a thousand or a couple of thousand to twenty odd thousand. That's an amazing place, isn't it? And um, I think they've oh, they've given them a quarter of a million now. No, because you pay a tenner to to go on that. And it's the same with the bike. So our bike ride is five pounds to get in, five pounds to get in at Old Lemingtonians, another five pound if you want to camp because there's camping there. Mm-hmm. So um, we get that, and then we raise money at the auction and stuff. But it's 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 fabulous, and, it, and it's now not the last year, so good. we're really pleased good. with that. But yeah. the weather looks good for Saturday, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be, be a good old do. Yeah, it's good. I'm getting my, get my I get my bike license. Yeah, I got my theory test in the morning. Have you? I know. Yeah. Pass it. I'm, should be revising now. I've got my license. But I've never you? never had a bike. Just made cross bikes. Should get one there. Yeah. Well, one of the things is one of the, the one of the last emails to me was about buying a GSX R six hundred with for Conrad. I've ridden bikes all my oh, life. Right. He's ridden bikes since he was sixteen. That was his first piece of freedom, mm. and and nonsense and madness. <laughs> he'd, well, he'd had a he'd actually had a motocross bike since he was three. So, uh, yeah. So um, the bike was really but the, the last and this is typical as well. The last email I said, you know, from Conrad. Yeah, next to last was. Uh, um, yeah, we'll get this GSXR when you get back because he'd seen it, knew the one he wanted. We, um, I said, but you know, squaring that away with your mum. So we said, <laughs> yeah. he said, I'll use my uh, I'll use my tour money to pay for it, and you can just pay me back. Oh right, so I am buying you the bike. <laughs> you know? But um, anyway, so we went and bought the bike anyway. So his brother rides it. I so, still got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe. And it's uh, it's classic. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's a great event, and again, it's people coming together for for the right causes. And uh, so, so, how does three five three raise money at the minute, events wise? Yeah, no, we we um, we have a ball every year, or have done the ball, yeah. So yeah, on the anniversary, yeah. and around that that weekend, ah. that weekend this year, it's actually on uh, the ninth. Ninth, so it's ninth of February at Warwick School. It's actually my birthday. I'll never forget it. Cause, uh, wow. yeah, every birthday comes up. It's nice. I feel bad That's because nice. I, I want to put pictures of me celebrating everything, nice. but. All the elder guys are putting up, you know, RIP things, Lewis and uh, Conrad. Yeah. 
No, and you I feel do. jack if I don't, you know, because it, feel, it feels like I'm not acknowledging it. Mm. So that's really just, hard. That's that. Yeah, it's just the way it is, isn't it? So that's that. Yeah, for not for February. Well. There'll be a ball. You, Maybe you me and the missus will come along. Thing is, that'll be amusing, Conrad. That'd be amusing him. Oh, yeah, that he's ruining Jai's birthday. Oh, yeah, oh, that's it. <laughs> Too cool. Bloody Lewis and Conrad. <laughs> I had, I had, really, yeah. had this the other day when. Um, so again, the, the peace garden. They they built this beautiful wicker structure in the middle, like the head of um, of, of you know design and art and the sixth formers. Absolutely brilliant. And then um, that nasty storm we had in December blew it away. And they've created another one and staked it in, and they were saying, it's a shame because it was beautiful. I said, he'd wet himself that it blew away. He'd absolutely <laughs> yeah. love the fact it blew away and destroyed somebody's garden 200 metres away or something like that. But, um, yeah, so we have, we, have, we have the ball every year. The Rugby for Heroes, that, that was last year and it's finished, but they're going to do a beer festival instead because they, mm-hmm. they can't stop. So, great guys. We do the golf event, which uh, always raises a lot of money. Where did that happen? That's at the Warwickshire. Ah, yeah. I've not played it yet. Yeah. Oh, Where, oh, yeah, play with where's us. the uh, ball being held at? It's at Warwick School. And, right, um, yeah. Warwick again, Boys School. Yeah, yep. but there's a there's a, a massive uh, place there called the Guy Nelson Hall, which got rebuilt. You'd, you'd, it could be it could be anywhere in London as a. Yeah, it's, it's a, a nice bloody place, brilliant yeah. venue. So we we get three hundred people packed in that. Quadrat lads come back. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, it gets really messy, really I messy. Can um, and yeah, you're more than welcome. But we so we raise a lot of money at that. Um, Lookers uh, PLC, the the car group, mm-hmm. they raised money for us for the last uh, three years, um, doing a track day. Uh, and then the construction industry in London, that uh, my brother had always raised money for UNICEF with them, that stopped. But they wanted to do something, so they go to the Lake District and do challenges, and it's called Dig Deep. Okay. And they've re- regularly raised twenty five thousand pounds at each event for us. Crazy, um, and then we've done stuff so we cycled to Paris. I saw that, yeah, I yeah. saw that. We did that a number of years ago. I didn't realize it was a race, that was a bit crazy. But uh, that was, oh, was it was it not meant to be a race? Uh, there's six six groups, so yeah, I didn't realize I just thought we were going to be pedaling away. But it, it's 230 miles to Paris, and we did 110 mile a day from where Warwick, no, from it was London to Paris, oh, okay, same yeah, way. yeah, and um. I was like, well, it's not 330 miles. No, no, we take a long route and we go up hills and we do sprints. <laughs> it's like the tour. What am I doing this for? But luckily it was six graded groups and yeah. we were all in the sixth group because we were, <laughs> we were crap. But um, really hard work. So yeah, we've done that. And Paris 10, lots of people do the Paris 10 for us mm-hmm. and have done traditionally. The so Colchester one? Well, we, we've always done Catterick because of the pain, but um, never done it with weight. You can imagine, oh, I, I, yeah. I carry it's that around on my stomach now, I don't, need, I don't need a Bergen. Just a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, lots of people have done that. And the most emotional one for that, if I can, um, we took Peg the dog up, and uh, Conrad's sister Siobhan had, uh, was wanted to do it that year as well. His uh, brother's had done both, so Jordan's done both. And uh, we took Peg and she went, oh, I'll run around with it, I'll run around with the dog. Okay. Uh, little did we know that she was one of the few women to run with the dog, and they have a canny cross equivalent, don't they? Oh. So there's the bloke with the husky who always wins the men's, and Siobhan with Peg won the girl, won the woman's. Yeah. And a, a bloke said, "You couldn't get much more emotional than the next prize I'm going to give out." Conrad's sister running with Conrad's dog from Helmand has just won the canny cross event, <laughs> and you're like blown away. Yeah, she won't do it again now, Peg. She'd date it. How <laughs> <laughs> old she is, the dog? We think she's about nine. She'd she'd had one litter of pups, which she'd had at Quadrat. And um, 
they said you can judge the dog's age by how many litters of pups they've had. She'd be 18 months when she came into the season. She'd have had the litter of oh. pups, so she's about two. But So we think she's nine. She's going grey now. And, um, the one thing, she's incredibly territorial. So again, she will, have barked, she will have barked at you and your dog yeah, running up, yeah. up the Iron Girl Lane easily. She, she just patrols yeah. the door. And it drives you mad. But, uh, hmm. Yeah, where it comes from. Um, anything you want to, before we wrap it up, any, any, well, if you, if you want to mention anyone, if you want to talk about anything. No, I, I, um, if, if people have liked what we've said, I guess, um, the, uh, our website's 353.org.uk, mm-hmm. that tells people what we're doing, what we have done, we try and celebrate what's going on, tells them about the events. Can anyone turn up on Saturday to the right? Everybody and anybody. So, so where, so just give the time so, into that? So again, uh, 9.30 we start at, uh, we start to assemble at uh, Ragley Hall in Ulster. Yeah. Get there for 9.30, we leave at 11. So if you can't make 9.30, if you can get there for 10 to 11, that's fine. You'll just be going straight back out on your bike. Mm-hmm. It was in front of the hall for previous years. They've got a wedding, so we're now down at what they call the pavilion. Mm-hmm. But I think that'd be great. There's my little lake, there's baking sarnies, tea, coffee and all that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's um, that's 9.30 till 11, then we set off. If you've not got a bike, makes no odds, get yourself to Old Lemingtonians. It's quite a sight, 250 bikes riding in, and we've got some surprise surprises planned in the afternoon. Um, what time? What time will the bikes start coming in? Sorry? They'll, they'll, they should arrive at about 1:30. Okay. Um, but then we've got bands kick in about 4:35 o'clock, and it goes through till 11 o'clock. So you can go at any time in that, come in and out, whatever you like. But um, the bands are good, a good session. If the weather's like this, it'll be fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, and people mm-hmm. all stay, and I think people are getting used to know what you know what's going on. But that that's the next event, and that'd be brilliant. Anybody who could support it. So if you've got a bike, a moped, a scooter, it doesn't matter. L plates, none of it matters because we ride so slowly that anybody can join it. Cool. Yeah. But thank you very much. Thank yourself. I wish yeah. that. Um, I wish I didn't meet you, mate. To be honest, I wish I didn't meet you. But in the circumstances, I'm glad I I, I, I did. Yeah. It's been thank a pleasure. pleasure it's been an absolute you. pleasure. And um, yeah, thanks for having me along. Good to meet you at last. You too. That's it for today's show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, get yourself to 353.org.uk for details of upcoming events. And uh, take a look. Some really interesting stuff on the website. Obviously, uh, Tony is one of the trustees and um, doing fast- fantastic things. So give him a search on Facebook, social media, and uh, give him a like, give him a share, show your support and um, for, the, for the hard work uh, and the good work that they're doing. Um, another shout out to our sponsors Westway Nissan westwaynissan.co.uk and 429group429.group get along visit those until the next time out <laughs>